So we're in the third week of our series called Change, and what I love about this video is it's humorous because it's like, that's ridiculous, that guy doesn't notice that he's got this monkey, and he just needs to address the monkey, but then a lot of us in our life actually do that same thing. We got this situation or this problem or this thing going in our life, and we know that it's there, we know that we need to address it, and we know that we need to do something about it, yet we won't take the steps to actually change it. And so we keep saying to people, hey, I got this thing, and it's this thing on my back, and I got this, and yet we won't actually do what we need to do to make the changes because none of us like change. None of us, and I've shared it with you, like my nature, I don't love it either. You know, I'm the like, don't touch my stuff guy. You know, my wife loves to clean and organize all this and put all this stuff, and I'm not like a messy person, but I just like my stuff in the same place and the same, and, uh, and I come, hey, where's my stuff? I moved it, and then like I said a couple weeks ago, she's been pregnant and having kids, and that messes up your brain, and so I would say, um, hey, where's my stuff? I said, well, you left it out, and I say, she, so she said, I moved it, and I said, well, where is it? And she would say, I don't know. <laughs> put it somewhere. And so anyway, uh, I just don't mess with my stuff. It's not our personality to like, to love change. And, and the trouble is, or we shared in the first week is no matter what change happens. So all of a sudden you're married and you're like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's a different, I have to change. Or all of a sudden the kids have left the house and you don't have kids in the house anymore. And so then it's just you and your wife. And then you're like, hey, you know, this is different than what I thought it was going to be. And, uh, and change, it just always happens no matter if we plan on it or not. And so we went through all the different ways of how it's important for us to, to grab on and appreciate change and grow with change because growth without change is impossible. Like if we said, who in here wants to grow and be better? And said, yeah, I want to do that. But you can't grow without change healthy things grow and change. And so uh, we're called to just kind of trust God as he leads us in that stuff. And so this week in our uh, third week, I'll actually tell you, uh, when I left here and we were driving up north, it's about a three-hour drive. And I was telling Jess uh, on the way up, I said, man, I'm, I'm, I love preaching. It's my favorite thing to do. Like I can see a commercial on TV and all of a sudden I'm like, that's a sermon. I need to, you know, it's my favorite thing to do. And, uh, and so I, I never dread preaching or like trying to come up with a sermon. And, um, and so it's one of my favorite. And, but so I told her on the way up, I said, I'm over this series. It's a four-week series. We have a guest speaker on the last one, but after last week, I was like, I'm done. It's not that I don't like the topic or anything like that. I just, for whatever, I just felt sort of empty, like almost the end of the series. I've said all that I want to say about it, and I had a sermon already done for it. I do my sermons really far in advance, and so I said that in leaving, and then uh, kind of throughout the week, I started thinking of this sermon uh, that I've done before, uh, not here, but somewhere else. And so kind of watching what's taken on in the week, which I'll share. And so I changed my sermon. <laughs> and then uh, during the week, I changed it. And then this morning, I was like, maybe I better change it back. I don't <laughs> So I was like, and so I'm actually sharing with you in the 79 Sundays that we've done, this heading into like the worship set, this was the most uncomfortable I've ever felt with the sermon I was going to share. And, uh, and then in this sermon, and then in worship, God gave me like a sermon. <laughs> and so I'm going to try to do this. And then the four things that he gave me while we were worshiping. And so it might be a little choppier than my normal, but it's just because I'm trying to make uh, it all work together and follow God's leading. Is that okay? All right. So this week... Um, we went camping, and so my sister's there. She's two years older than me and her husband, and they have two kids. And then my parents were up there, uh, so my mom and my dad, and then Jess and I and our two kids. And then uh, my brother-in-law, so my sister's husband, their parents were up there. And, uh, and then anyway, so there's family up there. 
And uh, it's so funny, I kind of started to, like, I do this thing uh, where, like, I kind of start to play the over-under, like, hey, uh, so when we started walking our dogs around the campground, and my parents walked theirs, and then, like, my sister walked hers, so all of a sudden, when we'd, like, take a dog walk, there was, like, nine of us, nine dogs. And so people come around their camper, like, oh, look, it's the dog parade, and it's like... (laughs) Every one of you have said that. We've passed 100 campsites. So I always play this game where it's like, hey, what's, so before we walk the dog, what's the over-under of the dog parade comment? Is it going to be over 10, under 10? What do you think? So we made bets. And so I always kind of do that in my head on a lot of things, and I don't really tell people that sometimes. So, um, and so the one thing that I did that on this week is comments about growth. We're in this series called Change, and you have two sets of grandparents there. And it's funny to me how much people love to talk about growing kids. Like, that's it. Like, they could talk about it all night. So it's like, every night we'd show back up with the kids, like, oh my gosh, look at that hair grown so long. Oh my gosh, look at that. Look at your little feet. They're so big. And like, okay, so we did all that. Then the next day, we show up to the beach. We have the bathing suit. Oh, my gosh. Look at you in the bathing suit. Grown so big. <laughs> Remember last year when you did it with the thing? And I'm just like, so much talk about growing up and change and growing. And, and then here's what I really started to realize. Growing up, growth and like seeing growth uh, is what we're all, doesn't matter your age, you're kind of drawn to. Progress is one of the most appealing things that you're drawn to as a human nature. You say, oh, I'm not tracking with you. Listen, you have kids, or if you were a kid, what do our kids like to do at a very young age? Put on mom's jewelry, right? Like we, oh, so we put on mom's jewelry, or we help cook, right? <laughs> Caroline's two and a half, and so I've made some frozen pizzas uh, that are pretty sketchy. I'm not sure what made it into that thing because she was helping me make it. And so we love to grow up and help cook and wear jewelry and you walk around with dad's shoes on and all this, you know, whatever. And so you do all these things. You sit on the lap and drive the car. And Caroline drove dad's boat this week. So that meant, yes, lots of circles we did. She wanted to crank that wheel. And, uh, and so all that stuff. So even at a young age, you're very interested in growth and growing and going to the next level. But then even at an older age, You're still very interested in growth and seeing progress in your grandkids and the next generation. And here's what I was getting this morning uh, that I don't have in here, is your growth affects generations. So putting that in church world, your spiritual growth affects generations. That's why when religion becomes stale and stagnant and the same old, same old, and we stop trusting God leading us and changing. And, and I'm not talking about changing scripture and ripping out theology and da, da, da. I'm talking about trusting God like we talked about last week. As they got called into the upper room, they trusted God for a move of God. I'm talking about God leading you into something new. When our theology becomes stagnant and there's no growth, not, not, not our theology. You know what I'm saying? When your experience and encounter with God just becomes the stagnant, stuck, same old thing, that also affects multiple generations. God wants you to grow because it helps up and it helps down, okay? And then the same thing for the older generation. You got to continue to grow and progress. Why? Because it helps the young generation. And so it's so important for us spiritually to learn how to be continually growing in the things of God and growing in what God has called us to into our lives. The natural desire is for us to be further ahead 
than where we are. Jesus said that I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, growing and growing and doing more. People would always say to me, man, Christianity, I can't stand it. It's so full of so many rules. Now that could be true, but the Bible actually has more promises for your life than it does rules. And so people say, oh, it's got all this stuff. And yeah, but if you stick to when God said, hey, do this, it's better for you. The promises are this if you do this. He's saying it like this. If you came to my house, and I've shared this example before, if you came to my house and I was like, hey, you know, love you, man, come, thank you for watching my house, you know, you can have whatever you want, the refrigerator's full, all this stuff is good, uh, but I got a bottle of cyanide in there, don't drink that poison, that would be a bad idea, would I be making like a really negative rule? No, I'd be saying, hey, do all these other things, that's good stuff, have some steak, make some whatever, do whatever you want, but just stay away from that poison because that would be bad for you. That's what the promises of the Bible and the, the, he's saying, hey, God's saying, hey, avoid these things because I'm your creator. And if you participate in these things, that will hurt you. It would be better if you did it this way. Amen. So he came to give you abundant life and better life and a better way of living. And so uh, for you in your life, you should be growing in that. What does that look like for you? We shared a couple weeks ago, Philippians 1.9. It says, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. So it's, again, just talking about growing in the things of God and, and, and learning and achieving and, and growing up spiritually, if you will. In my life, I've gotten to the age, I'll be 33 uh, in March, I've gotten to the age where a lot of my high school age friends that I hung out with or college age friends, those that are still doing the same things they did still doing the same things now that they did when we were in high school and college, I avoid those people. Like they're not at the core of my life. Why? Because they're refusing to grow up. They're refusing to grow in life. And those are typically pretty unhealthy people. Amen. I would say it should be the same thing for you in your spiritual walk with God. People that are unwilling to grow and trust God and use their faith. That's probably some people that you don't want to link up with at the core. Amen. Because we're called to grow, as the scripture said, we should abound more and more. We don't judge people that aren't growing or that are stuck in a place. I'm not talking about coming from a place of judgment, but I'm saying we should be growing spiritually. And a lot of times we say, you know, well, we get caught up in this idea. Just because somebody grows old doesn't mean they grow up, right? But you put that in the church context, you put that in the spiritual thing, just because you grew old in church doesn't mean you grew up in spirituality and in your walk with God, right? So I went to a Christian school and my parents raised me and I went to this and I did, but did you grow or did you just do it? Did you just grow old in it or did you grow in your walk with God? Amen. So it's a process that we constantly have to look at and we have to say, God, grow me, change me, help me move forward. First Peter 2, 2 talks about this. It says, desire the sincere milk of the word as newborn babies so that you may grow by it. It's saying in your early walk, desire the word of God, the sincere milk, the things of God, desire the word of God, desire growth and change so that you may grow by it. Uh, I thought about it like this. Caroline, my daughter was not born a 12th grader, right? It was like, hey, we went into the hospital and it's like, hey, what are we having? And she comes out and it's like, hey, you had a 12th grader. She's whatever that age is. 18. Look, you had an 18 year old. No, she was born a baby. And, uh, and so there was things that we had to do in her life to cultivate her as a young 
being, as a young human being. And the scriptures beginning to talk about this. When you got saved, when you became a Christ follower, it's the same thing. You started young. You started. So it's saying desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by it. It's a process that we continue to grow in. Just didn't say, oh, here's my newborn baby. You're a human now. So here's some money and here's the keys to the car and here's your own place. And so now you're a human, go be a human. No, she did the things that were required of that area, age range of Caroline's life, right? As a baby. And so it's the same thing in our walk with God. You just don't go, well, you're saved. Poof, you've arrived. Here's everything. You have everything that you need. No, we have the will of God, the Bible, the word of God. We have all of these things to help us grow. And I know all of you are like, well, that's really simple. I know that. I know that. Listen, I see the statistics of people who neglect their word, reading the word, reading scripture. Uh, they did a poll that I shared about a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, actually, in one of our series. They said of like all the faith, of all the things you should do as a Christian, uh, you know, what, what, you know, what do you believe, you know, rank what you should do, and uh, what do you neglect the most out of reading your Bible and all this kind of stuff? And prayer came in last. Like, oh, the thing that I neglect doing the most is praying. So a lot of times I get up here and I say, well, this is like a really simple message. I don't know if I'm being too simple. I look back and go like, it's good for us to, the scripture calls it exhortation, to be reminded of some of the simple things. Why? Because it's easy to neglect knowing that, hey, we got to grow. I can't be the same that I was last week. I need to continue to grow. Amen. And, uh, and so for our lives, that's what we're talking about is we got to continue to grow prayer. You know, we're saying it's the most neglected thing, prayer. Well, that's our communication with our God. And we say we neglect that. And so I know this stuff can be simple, but it's so important for us to go, well, I already know. You know, we can't say, well, I already know that. We need to go, yes, I need to be doing this. I need to take this into my life because I need to change where I'm at. Somebody say amen. amen. When a baby is first born, if it decides not to eat or have milk or desire the sincere things in its life, milk and all the processes of the beginning, I mean, you know, if it neglects all those things, I mean, no, you have a baby and the first thing they want to say, did it eat? Did it have a bowel movement? Did it do all these things or whatever they ask you to do? I tune out on that because I'm just like, oh, it's still like guts and fluids and stuff at that point. Like I'm like, <laughs> but they ask you all of that stuff. Why? Because it's extremely important in the beginning to make sure that we're taking these steps to grow. It's the same thing in our life. If the baby didn't do it, it would die. It's the same thing in our life. If we don't take the steps to growth spiritually, you're going to die. You're going to cease to exist. Amen? And so we have to continually grow. That's why we do book of the month. That's why we do Bible studies. That's why we do all this stuff. Why? Not because we want to entertain ourselves as a Christian uh, group of people. No, it's because we want to grow together. Amen? Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Verse eight, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So we take care of ourselves physically. Like we're saying right here, it's like we make sure we eat food, we sow of the flesh, we do, but spiritually, what are you doing to make sure you're taking care of and you have nutrition? It doesn't matter what your status is in life. You still need God. Amen? We still need God. And so for us, it's important for us to look at, hey, what are the things I need to do to feed and to take care of and to nurture myself? Uh, and so for me, 
uh, you know, like I said, it's the simple things. It's praying. It's reading the word. It's connecting uh, with friends and family that will grow us. Amen? So a couple of things right here. I'll read Matthew chapter 4. It says this, Matthew 4, 4. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the scripture here is talking about, you have to desire the sincere milk of God. That's the beginning, the, the word of God. That, but then it says, as you grow, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we live on the words of God. And I know, again, really simple. That's really like kind of simple and to the point, but it's important for us to understand that we have to crave the words of God. And so we say, ah, it's really simple. That's the thing. We have to crave the words of God in our life. Just as, man, I'm so hungry. I got this thing in my life. That's how you should be on a daily basis in the things of God. I crave. I got this thing. Uh, you've all heard the expression hangry, right? Got so hungry, I got angry, right? Uh, there's, Jess could possibly be that way. Won't call her out. She could have possibly handed, she could have possibly handed that on to my daughter. And uh, so it's like, did she get a nap? What's going on with the care? She's like, oh yes, it's almost like, oh, she didn't eat a good lunch. Okay, she's hangry, right? And so you get cranky. You get, when you don't have your nutrition, you get cranky, you get uneasy. Some people get dizzy. It's the same thing in our spiritual life. You, you, you know, you get, ah, oh, I, I didn't have the, the word of God. I didn't have the bread. I didn't, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting dizzy. My life has gotten off kilter. Why? Because of those things, because you haven't given yourself what you need. Amen. So I thought about, we have to feed ourselves that way. Another sincere sign of spiritual growth is when you begin making your own, you begin to start preparing your own food. Same thing growing up as a child. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, growing in the things of God, uh, growing up in the things of God, you, a sign of maturity is you can start preparing your own food. Same thing growing up as a teenager or growing up as a young person. One way that you grow is when you have the maturity to begin to start making your own food, right? How many of you as a kid, you burned some grilled cheese, right? You burned some macaroni or whatever. It's all part of the process. You start getting it for yourself. You start growing for yourself. You start getting it for yourself. That's how we need to be as Christians too. Not just waiting for the pastor to give us the food. Not just waiting for the radio to give us the food and the worship leader to give us the food. We got to start digging in and getting some of our own food from God. Amen? Wrapping up here in a minute. And so it's important for us to be able to get our own food spiritually. Uh, as a kid, your, your mom may prepare that food for you and you go off to school, but it would look really goofy, right? If all of a sudden you're at school and mom shows up and she's putting the butter on there, she's putting the peanut butter on there, she's like preparing everything at the high school dinner table, that would make no sense, right? Same thing for us. We're always calling on and waiting for, oh, will you help me? Okay, okay. Will you help me through this little problem? Will you help me with this thing? Right? No, we can get it on our own, amen? I know it's simple. Hebrews 5.13 says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a baby verse 14 but solid food belongs to those who are of full age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil 
Why do we need to grow spiritually? Why do we need to get the food? Why do we need to put all in us? Because it helps you in life, but it also helps you discern what is good and evil. It helps you walk through the pros and the cons and the negatives and the positives, all the things in life. God, help me make a decision here. I need to weigh it. Well, if you filled yourself with the right food, it's going to give you the ability to make those decisions. Amen? I thought about this, though. I know a lot of Christians with grown-up opinions, but infant theology. Baby theology, everybody's got a big thing, something to say, but they have no food in their stomachs to push through. Right? Amen? Yeah. I remember when we first started doing CrossFit, I, ran, I usually I eat like a Cliff Bar before I go in, and, uh, and it's got enough nutrition or whatever, and I was out of those, and so I was like, I usually try to go uh, early in the morning when I would go, and so it'd be like 6 a.m., and so I'd basically get up, get dressed, and uh, I didn't have any Cliff Bars, so I got like a string cheese. That's not good enough. <laughs> and um, so I'm doing this thing, and it's hot, and it's in the summer, and I'm going for it, and I remember I was starting getting dizzy. I started, and I couldn't recover. That was the thing. It's like, oh, I was breathing hard and I was feeling sick to my stomach and I was getting dizzy. And I remember thinking to myself like, okay, take a couple of drinks, get a couple of breaths, whatever. But the thing is, I couldn't navigate that situation because I didn't have it in me. Somebody say amen. It's the same thing here is what the scripture's saying is like, you got to have it in you to be able to navigate the, the things of culture. Amen. I'll close with this. If uh, Maddie, you want to come play. My thought here is this in closing. In our life, we eat food to grow. We put things in our, in our bodies to grow. Why? Because it gives us energy. It gives us the ability to maneuver through life. It's the same thing spiritually. You have to continue to put things in your life so that you can grow, so that spiritually you can maneuver and have the ability and energy to do what you need to do in life. But a lot of people say this, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to choose to be a Christ follower. I don't want to follow... Uh, there's too many rules like I explained or uh, what if I fail? What if I have a mess up? What if I, you know, somebody might judge me or what if I'm not perfect or what if this or what if that? And uh, all of those are real concerns and I'm not downplaying those. But the good thing about our God is he doesn't require you to be perfect. When you look at scripture, it doesn't say, hey, you got one shot at it. When you look at scripture, it doesn't say, hey, God, uh, be a, you know, choose to follow me and confess your sins, and then you got one shot at it. No, God is cheering for you. Uh, we, of course, have a two-year-old and then a 13-week-old, and with my little ones, as they grow, I know they're going to make mistakes. And I'm not like, oh, you made one mistake. That's it. We're done with you. No, when Caroline falls, when she was learning to walk, did we go, look at you. You don't know how to walk, you dummy. I can't believe. No, we rushed over there and what? We picked her up. And then what did we tell her? You can do it. We believe in you. You can do it. We're here. We're cheering for you. We're alongside you. We believe in you. Our Father God does the same thing in our life. And so this lie that we believe from the enemy of that you have to be perfect or you have to have it all together to come to church and to do all this kind of stuff is ridiculous because this is a place where God comes alongside us and says, get up, you can do it. I'm with you. We'll figure it out. You're growing. He's called us all to grow. Yes, we're going to fall, but God is alongside us. That's why 1 John 1.19 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's so faithful and so just to meet us right where we're at, whatever our shortcomings may be. 
because he's for you. He wants to see you make it. Amen. I thought about this. A lot of times the lies we believe are that we have to be perfect overnight. And a lot of times it's, you know, it's like us when we were a little kid. If you ever had the growth chart on the wall and you know, you measure your head, then the next day you go up to it and you're like, measure it again (laughs) because we want to be so much taller and so much taller. Spiritually, we do that sometimes too. We come to get to know God. We come, we start a relationship with God. We start walking in this journey and then we kind of get a growth mark. Oh, I've done that. Okay. And then the next day we go, oh, how much more have I grown? And we get so caught up in measuring or keeping scorecards, we forget about just the journey of growing with God. Don't get caught up spiritually in how fast you're growing or comparing it to somebody else because we're all on our journey, our own journey, amen? My last thought is this. Much of what God asks us to do falls into this idea. What are you willing to give up to grow up with God? Or what are you willing to give up to go up with God in your life? An example for that in growing up just in real life is this. You graduate from diapers to underwear, right? You graduate from this to this and you graduate from Gerber food to steaks and Big Macs or whatever. And how many of you are glad you gave up the Gerber, right? Didn't want to do it at the time. You had to learn it and fight it and all that stuff. But what are you willing to give up to go up? That's kind of our walk with God is what in your life are you willing to give up? What kind of pride, what kind of unforgiveness, what kind of selfishness, what kind of poor thinking, what kind of habits have you said, ah, these are kind of mine and I need these because it's where I'm at. But you're holding on to Gerber food when God's like, no, but I got steak. I got good stuff over here. I got you some deep dish pizza I want you to enjoy, whatever your thing is. What are you willing to give up to go up with God? I want you all stand to your feet. Anytime God is asking you to change or give something up, it's so that he can promote you or grow you, though it doesn't feel that way at times. A couple other thoughts I had this this, this morning in worship. Generations need to see you grow. But the other encouragement I want to give you too is that in order for us to grow up, we have to learn to trust our parents or trust that are those that are over our life. And that's hard. He's described as God the Father, and he's described, you know, uh, in our lives as someone who leads us, a shepherd and all this stuff. That requires trust. So same thing, I'm watching all the kids play and do all this kind of stuff, and there were certain things Caroline would allow me to do with her, but not my, not my parents. Why? She doesn't have that trust like she has with me. And so growing requires trust. So I think one of our, our prayers as a church should be God, Help me to grow in my trust in you as you lead me in life. Amen. Won't you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to give this opportunity to everybody in this room. If you're here and you say, hey, Pastor Josh, for me, there's a lot of stuff I need to give up. I need to just make a life change. Or if you're in here, you say, yeah, you know, there's change like you're talking about in this series that I need to make. And you say, man, today's the day that I want to start a new path. I want to start a new journey. I'm not going to call you forward at all. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you uh, come to the front or do anything like that. But I want to give you the opportunity 
to respond to what we call uh, the prayer of salvation, or some people call it the sinner's prayer. But for us, what it, what it is is this, right where you are, and we'll all pray together, it's simply following the scripture that says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God rose Jesus from the dead, that you will be on your way to heaven. There'll be forgiveness of your sins and you'll start a journey with God. Maybe you've made that prayer before and you say, I just need to make a recommitment today and start on a journey towards health and towards the goodness of God. If that's you in here, again, I'm not gonna embarrass you, have you come forward, but when I count to three, I'd like to have you raise your hand. With nobody looking around, I'm gonna be the only one who sees me and God and that's all that needs to see. But with nobody looking around, if that's you and you say, yeah, I, I, today I'm gonna start a new journey towards change and trusting God and growing up spiritually, that's you when I count to three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. That's you, I see that hand, see that hand. Anybody else? See that hand? You can put them down right on. You're in a good room full of people making a great decision with you. If there's anybody else in here, cool. Well, here, let's do this. All of us together, repeat after me this prayer. Let's say this. Say, God, today I choose you to be my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk with you. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to learn to trust you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.